0: So a kindergarten teacher gave her class a show-and-tell assignment of bringing something that represents their religion. The first child got in front of the class and said, my name is Benjamin, and I am Jewish, and this is the Star of David. The second child got in front of her class and said, my name is Mary, I am a Catholic, and this is the crucifix. The third child got in front of the class and said, "My name is Tommy, and I am a Methodist. And this is a casserole, <laughs> right? Because we love to eat, <laughs> and we love potlucks, and we love covered dish, and we're just praying that COVID wipes away from the face of the earth, so we can have those moments again." So Christianity has many representations. And today we will focus on what it means to be a child of God. So everybody say this with me this morning. It's more about God than it is about me. Say it. It's more about God than it is about me. I grew up in a Christian home. A Methodist Christian home. A Puerto Rican Methodist Christian home. My grandparents were leaders at the church. My mom later on became a leader at the church. So growing up, it was about Tuesday night prayers from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Thursday night evangelism in houses, in the streets, in basketball courts. From 7.30 to 9, maybe 10, depending how long the preacher Was preaching? Friday night, small groups, children, youth, men, women from 7.30 to 9. Saturday night retreats could be from 6 to 12, could be from 9 to 1. It could be three days long retreats in a place where we will go and pray and listen to the word. And Sunday night, worship services. When I was small, it was two services. One from 9.30 to 11, because that one where we had Sunday school, but we also had preaching and a little devotional. And then it was at night from 7 to 9, and then we move it out for just one service all together in Sunday morning. So as you can see, there was no time for sports growing up. There was no time for extracurricular activities. It was all church and as i grew up i noticed that being a christian kid was tough because people talk about doing many things going camping going on trips going to the beach shore and all i talk about was church its activities and what was next in the calendar. And following the footsteps of Christ meant for me a very difficult path. Sometimes I was bullied at school because all I talked about was Christ. I was name called. And I was rejected by many of my friends. I was the kid that was good for, to copy the exam Jason can help us copy from the exam, but not the cool kid to hang out with. Still, every Sunday, I heard from many in my home church how much God loved me, how much God had placed promises in my life, how God had big plans for me, how I was special how i had gifts and even if i did not see them or understand them every day somebody from church saw me they said oh there is jason he has been called he has been claimed he has been chosen by the spirit of god to transform the world and it was powerful Because I was getting two messages very different at the same time, which it was very difficult sometimes for a kid to understand. And sometimes I felt out of place or that I did not fit. Because while I was in school growing and letting my friends know, you know, there is a better life, better opportunities. They were rejecting me because I was telling them that. And I was growing up with a group of young kids and youth in church, and we were experiencing magnificent things. So sometimes I felt out of place or that I did not fit. And there are times where we can feel like that. Everyone says that you are special, that you have gifts, but still we are searching for a place. You know, like... little movie that everybody's talking about and you haven't seen it Encanto from Disney that you have Maribel Madrigal and she's looking to figure out where she fits in the great Madrigal family I'm not going to spoil the movie for you but if you haven't seen it go watch it and sometimes you feel a little bit off like Bruno we don't talk about Bruno you heard the song right if you haven't, go watch. Don't listen to it. We don't talk about Bruno. Searching in Google is a hit, especially with kids. Janus was saying last night, no, 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 no. No Bruno. <laughs> Sometimes we don't feel like ourselves. Sometimes others' perceptions of us just don't seem to fit. And as we reset a new year, as we are overcoming the stress, the busyness, or the loneliness of the holiday season, it is important that we remember that the baptism of our Lord it is something special for us. There is a message that God says about us. And that message is that God sees all of us. Through the eyes of grace and love. I understood that message. That God sees me through the eyes of grace and love. That message was really real for me when I participated in Chrysalis. Chrysalis is the young version, the youth version of the walk to Emmaus. Which is the Methodist version of the Presbyterian Pilgrimage. It is a three day spiritual retreat. And if you've done this retreat, you know that it's all about grace. And during that retreat, I experienced God's grace like never before. And for the first time, I understood God's grace like never before. I understood that it's all, it's more about God than it is about me. You know, I thought that I let Jesus into my heart when I accepted Christ at 12 years old. It was one of those Sunday night services. It was a jam-packed house, more than 300 people praising and crying. And I was 12 years old, and the pastor was preaching. I don't remember anything he preached that night. But I do remember that he said, you know, if you want to open your heart and let Jesus into your heart, step forward. And I remember that I just looked at my grandfather. My grandfather saw me. He just smiled. I just got myself up from the pew. I walked forward with 20, 25 more people that were right there in front of the altar. The pastor just said a small prayer. I raised my hand. I out loud said that Jesus was my Savior. I was just 12. And I thought that when I confessed Jesus as my Savior... That's it. I found Jesus. But what I learned that Jesus is not the one that is lost. What I realized in Chrysalis and as I've learned more about Christ. Is that the moment I was born, God was coming after me. He was calling me. He was offering me a relationship with him. And that is a technical term that we methodists like to call prevenient grace. The words prevenient, preventing, comes from a Latin root word that means to proceed. So prevenient or prevenient grace is simply the grace that comes before justifying grace, which means this is the grace that comes before salvation. So even before I said yes to God and God God had already said yes to me, And before I started looking for God, God has already been looking for me. Because it's more about God than it is about me. Yes, personal faith is crucial. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, it says you are saved by grace through faith. But we don't baptize as a sign of faith. We baptize people as a sign of God's grace. And today we remember the baptism of our Lord. This is the day that churches all around the world celebrate and remember the baptism of Jesus. John the Baptist himself was confused about this. Why would Jesus present himself for baptism? Because baptism is about washing your sins away, but Jesus had no sin. John the Baptist had said, I baptize with water for repentance, but Jesus didn't need to repent. So why was Jesus baptized? This is an important question because it will help us understand our own baptism. Especially if you were baptized as an infant and you have friends telling you, that's not baptism. So when Jesus was baptized, two things happened that I believe happened in every baptism, whether it's an infant brought by his or her parents, or an adult who chooses it, or a teenager who just did it because all the other kids were doing it. In all those baptisms, two things happen. One, you were claimed, and two. You were called. You see, when Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus was identified. He was claimed by God in the same way you and I were claimed by God. Whether you're an adult who chose it or a baby who didn't but their parents did. God said, this is my precious child, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. So you were identified as a child of God. God claimed you. And you say, but I didn't know what was going on. That's okay. Why? Because it's more about God than it is about you. If you've been baptized, God has claimed you. Now, the question is, will you claim God? The question for you this morning is, are you excited about being a child of God? And growing up, there were times that I wanted not to be identified as a Christian. Because as soon as I said, oh, I go to church, oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I have to do this. Most of the time, it came with pain and rejection. Now, later on, I realized as I grew up that being a Christian will bring rejection from some people. I realized that I have chosen to follow Jesus, which meant my life was going to be different. And then I became a pastor, which meant more different. But I realized that some friends... And family and people will try to understand why some sadly didn't. Others said, you know, you have taken the good path, go ahead. Others will question me, that is a path that is full of sacrifices. Why would you do that? But there were people on the way that said, it's a path that is difficult, but will lead to blessings. One of them was my pastor. When I told him, Pastor, God called me to be you. He said, what? Yeah, God called me to be a pastor. He sat down on his chair in the office. He told me, sit down. Never see him so serious. He was always serious, but this time he was really serious looking at me. He says, are you, see, are you really serious about this? And I say, yes. And he said, well, if God call you, God will be there for you. But this is not an easy path. Are you ready? And I said, well, after you, that motivational speech, I guess I'm not. <laughs> he says, good answer. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes even today I think I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I'm learning. You're helping me learn. But I became excited about being a child of God, about being part of the body of Christ, serving for the transformation of the world, and being part of God's chosen to lead people. That my life, my actions can be a blessing to other people, and if I'm not careful sometimes... It cannot be a blessing. The same way that God said to Jesus, you are my son. You are my chosen one, my beloved one. It's the same way that God reminds us every day, you are chosen. You are my people. Verse 23 says, it was thought that Jesus was the son of Joseph. So Jesus is God's son, and Jesus is Joseph's son. Jesus is powerful and almighty. He's God. But he is also a carpenter's son. So before Jesus was Joseph's son, Jesus was always God's son. This is true for all of us. We belong to God first before any of our earthly relationships or role this belonging to God is not possessive it is an expression of God's freely giving love and grace Jesus is God's son the beloved before Jesus has even begun his ministry God is calling Jesus the beloved and if you see the new revised standard version beloved is capitalized like a name or a title So for us, it's a reminder that God's love does not need to be earned. It is who we are. So Jesus was baptized to identify with us. Jesus was baptized along with others. And by faith, we identify with him. In baptism, we are affirming God's love for us and our adoption into God's family by grace is plain. So God offers grace regardless of our past, of our sins, of our actions. There can be no doubt, church, that you always belong and are beloved in the family of God. So you need to accept that identity for yourself. God has claimed you. And now you need to claim God. Not only you are claimed, you are called. A lot of theologians see Jesus' baptism as the beginning of his ministry. Why? Because when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then he went into the synagogue. And affirm that the spirit of the Lord was upon him. He has been anointed to bring good news to the poor. To proclaim release to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To let the oppressed go free. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So when you were baptized, you were called. And you can say, I don't want that. I didn't choose that. I didn't ask for that. But the call is there whether you answer it or not. Listen, I'm not saying you're called to be a pastor. But you might be called to be a Sunday school teacher or cooking meals for people in need or helping the homeless or volunteering at a school or leading a community group. Or singing in the choir. There are all kinds of callings. But if you are claimed by God, then you are also called by God. So how do you find your calling? Maybe is the opportunity for you for this year to pray, to listen to God's voice start thinking in devotion. What are your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your passions? What did you see going on and what are the needs out there? What problems in the world keep you awake at night? And pray. And let God's spirit guide you. So God has claimed you, has called you now you just have to pray and open your heart and see what is god calling you to do especially on this new year you know i was baptized a baby in the church then when i was 12 i reaffirmed my baptism then when i was a pastor we did a trip to Israel and Jerusalem, Jordan, Palestine, and I reaffirmed my baptism in the Jordan River. I was blessed with that opportunity. But every day I am reminded in my life, by things I do or a time of prayer, that is more about God than it is about me. So do you see yourself the way God sees you? The world puts condition on your value. It tells you that we are beloved or worthy if we do certain things or are certain things. I have been labeled. Like I told you many times. But that did not define me. The world even wrestles right now with what it means to be a Christian. Even in our country, we see the base of what being a Christian means. Who are the real Christians? Because we are focusing on defining Christianity with political groups, roles, activities, characteristics, ideologies, We're trying to define what a Christian is instead of focusing that we are all children of God, loved by God. So how can we reset ourselves, our souls to start seeing that God sees us as his children? How can we every day have a time of prayer and tell God, How do you see me? And look in the mirror and say, I am a child of God. I am beloved by God. I am claimed by God. But God is calling me to do something in the world. Remember that I told you at the beginning of this message that there were people in the church telling me, You are chosen. Didn't understand that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. But as I was growing up, I did start thinking and say, What did they mean? And I looked myself in the mirror, all chubby, and said, I'm chosen. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> but as I started praying, as I started reading scripture, I realized, hmm, I'm seeing it the wrong way. God is calling me every day with my actions, my words, to transform this world, to bless someone, to heal, help heal someone. So maybe this year we need a soul reset, to reset our soul and mindset, to remind ourselves we are a children of God, claim and call, we are loved by God, we are God's beloved. We are here to help others as Jesus did. As once we take the time to reset how we look at ourselves, we will also be in a better place to look at others through God's eyes. And I did understood as I grew up that no matter how people label me, I started seeing all of them as children of God. It was tough. It was not easy. But I understood that as we all grew up, as the decisions that we make, we are called to bless people. So this year, church, pray. Ask yourself, how can we look at the world, not for what it says that it is, but through God's eyes? And as we remember our baptism, as we embrace that we are children of God, learn to lift one another up and point people back to Jesus. Remember the words that we say in baptism liturgy. We will pray for one another. We will pray for our journey of discipleship among us. We will surround people with a community of love and forgiveness. That we may grow in trust of God and be faithful in service to others. You know, in 1517, Martin Luther got into a whole lot of trouble trying to do God's work by starting the Reformation. Claiming that the church, the only church then, had some things wrong. And when times were toughest for him, he had a habit of touching his forehead. And reminded himself that he had been baptized and was set apart for greater things. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. He took time, touched his forehead, and he remembered his baptism. So when times are for us hard, when hopelessness settles in, when despair, fear, or certainty starts to inundate our hearts, pray. Maybe touch your forehead. Do it. But do it remembering that you've been chosen. Remember your baptism. Whether you were a baby and you heard the stories. Whether you were a young kid trying to fit in. Whether you were an adult if you have been baptized baptized and talk to pastor maybe we can have that experience for you know that you are set apart for greater things and to have a relationship with God embrace that you are his beloved amen amen